This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. just about 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Popit Popit Parliament is back where we bring you highlights from the Day One Rakyat. So starting things off today, we have Pasir Salak MP, Datuk Sri Tajuddin Abdul Rahman, who wanted to know more about both our domestic and foreign economic challenges and the measures being taken to safeguard the welfare and well-being of the people. Datuk Sri Mustafa Muhammad, Economic Affairs Minister, explained that despite global challenges and uncertainties, the country's economy had shown significant growth, citing several indicators that prove this, um, like the increase in our exports, a rise in the number of passenger and commercial vehicle sales, an increase in tourists, and a drop in our unemployment rate. Walaupun persekitaran ekonomi global amat mencabar, ekonomi Malaysia telah menunjukkan pertumbuhan yang lebih kukuh, iaitu sebanyak 5% pada suku pertama tahun ini dan 8.9% pada suku kedua tahun ini. Ini disokong antara lain oleh pelbagai strategi dalam rancangan Malaysia ke-12, Bajet 2022, pakej rancangan ekonomi dan pembukaan semula sempadan negara. Kerajaan yakin sasaran pertumbuhan di antara 5.3 hingga 6.3% tahun ini akan dicapai. Bank Dunia telah menaikkan unjuran pertumbuhan kita kepada 6.4%. Berikut adalah di antara petunjuk ekonomi yang membuktikan prestasi ekonomi negara menggalakkan. Yang pertama, jumlah ekspor meningkat sebanyak 30.3% kepada RM1 trilion pada 8 bulan tahun ini. Yang kedua, jumlah jualan kenderaan penumpang dan komersial meningkat 63% kepada kira-kira 450,000 unit pada Januari hingga Ogos tahun ini. Yang ketiga, ketibaan pelancong meningkat kepada 3.2 juta bagi Januari hingga Julai tahun ini dan kadar pengangguran sudah turun kepada 3.7% pada bulan Julai. That was Dr. Sri Mustafa Muhammad, Minister of Economic Affairs. Tajuddin then continued to ask how the government was planning to overcome the labour shortage, saying that this had caused billions in losses for the electrical and electronics industry. But he didn't stop there, going on to say that since it's near election season, he should be able to campaign a little bit. And then, of course, was also interrupted when another MP asked whether Tajuddin would in fact still contest in the next general election, to which he responded that his suspension wasn't permanent and that he was still a part of AMNO. I will let you hear his explanation for yourself. Hai, tadi lagi lah. Ya. Dah tak ada masalah. Kita masih amno. No problem. Ah. Itu gantung itu bukan bukan gantung mati. Apa ada masalah? Alright. Kalau nak gantung gantung bagi mati dia okey. Kalau tak mati dia nanti takut dia hidup balik. That was Pasir Salak MP Datuk Sri Tajuddin Abdul Rahman. Just a quick refresher in case you needed it. On Saturday, AMNO Supreme Council members had confirmed that Tajuddin had been suspended for six years. After the Supreme Council met last Friday, he was removed in June for calling party president Datuk Sri Ahmad Zayed Hamidi a liability and had also at the time called for his resignation. Uh, let us know, what did you make of Tajuddin's sus- suspension from AMNO and his response, in fact, to said suspension? You can call 7733-2900. Send us a voice note and WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Now back to the session. Uh, in response to this supplementary question, the Economic Affairs Minister said that they were working on addressing this issue with relevant agencies, explaining that 450,000 foreign workers had been given approval to be brought into the country, but that only 100,000 had in fact entered so far. 
Next, a discussion on our highways. Ramban MP and former Transport Minister Anthony Lok wanted to know the expected completion date of four highways, namely Sukha, Dash, SPE and EKVE. Datuk Sri Fadila Yusuf, Minister of Works, said that the Sukha had been opened in stages and the Cheras Kajang interchange to Bukit Antarabangsa is already accessible to the public. He said the rest of the highway will be opened completely in the first quarter of 2023. Meanwhile, Dash is expected to complete be completed fully by the end of this year and SPE has been partially opened from Setiawangsa to Taman Melawati since the end of last year and EKVE is going to be completed at the end of next year as well. Anthony then shared his experience of Suka and the difficulties he had with one of the exit lanes. Here he is. Saya pun ada menggunakan buraya ini, mencuba buraya ini daripada arah Bukit Antarabangsa hingga ke arah Ceras. Dan saya mendapati bahawa apabila di simpang keluar berdekatan dengan uh, maktab PGRM nak masuk balik Grand Saga Highway itu, rorong untuk keluar itu amatlah uh, kecil. Satu rorong saja. Dan apa yang lebih uh, menyusahkannya ialah lepas keluar daripada rorong itu ada satu uh, traffic light, ada satu uh, apa di traffic light yang menyebabkan uh, kalau kesesakan lalu lintas banyak kenderaan, dia akan menjadi satu bottleneck kepada pengguna-pengguna kenderaan daripada arah itu nak keluar simpang tersebut. Saya nak tanya bagaimanakah pihak kementerian boleh meneruskan reka bentuk itu. Sepatutnya kalau mana-mana rabu raya nak sambung kepada rabu raya yang lain, dia tidak sepatutnya ada sekatan. Apatah lagi dengan traffic light. Adakah tindakan kementerian untuk mengubah suai reka bentuk tersebut? Walaupun telah dibuka sekarang. Terima kasih. That was Ramban MP Anthony Lok. Fadila responded and said that the ministry was aware of this and will be addressing it by increasing the time frame of the traffic light and adding new lanes. Ada kekangan di situ. Satu ialah bila dalam pelaksanaan dulu, tiba-tiba ada kelulusan untuk MRT. Disebabkan itu, maka ada technical uh, issue yang perlu diselesaikan. Tapi apapun langkah yang bakal diambil untuk langkah sementara, pertama sekali ialah untuk uh, untuk apakan balik traffic light system iaitu masa akan dipanjangkan supaya aliran traffic yang turun itu akan lebih uh, lebih lancar yang kedua untuk menambah uh, satu lorong lagi dan akhirnya yang ketiga nanti bila dah dibuka uh, keseluruhan uh, insyaallah akan dapat dikurangkan sebab akan ada jalan yang tambahan baru uh, yang sedang dalam pembinaan untuk siapnya fasa yang seterusnya nanti uh, sehingga suku pertama tahun depan that was Minister of Works, Datuk Sri Fadila Yusof. Let us know, I mean, we did a whole show on it, but have you driven on the Suka Highway yet? What has your experience been? You can call 7733 send us a voice note, 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Next, an update on the LCS project. You may recall in 2011, the procurement of six literal combat ships was approved by Putrajaya following a request made by the Navy. So the contract was awarded to Bausted Naval Shipyard or BNS. In August, this project came under heavy scrutiny after the PAC released a report which found that not a single ship had been completed although the government had already spent 6 billion ringgit. Pasimas MP Ahmad Fadli Shari wanted to know whether the ship's detailed design meant that there would be further delay in the construction of the first combat vessel despite the government's reassurance that there would be progress and a new target date of two years. Deputy Defence Deputy Defense Minister Datuk Sri Iqmal Hisham 
Abdul Aziz, said that the ministry's focus right now is for BNS to complete the detailed design phase, saying that as of now, the contractor had completed 94% of the design and that the original equipment manufacturer has approved 82% of the design completed by BNS. Focus Kementerian Pertahanan pada masa ini adalah untuk memastikan syarikat uh, Bosset Naval Shipyard Seremberat dapat menyelesaikan desain detail untuk dimurtamatkan serentak dengan pembinaan kapal. Buat masa ini sebanyak 94% detail desain telah disiapkan oleh pihak kontraktor. Sehingga November 2019, pihak OEM iaitu Naval Group telah meluluskan 82% daripada 94% detail desain yang telah disiapkan oleh BNS. Uh, mengenai perkaitan detail desain, ini juga sedang dirunding oleh BNS dengan pihak Naval Group dari Perancis. Ini penting bagi memastikan apa jua yang diputuskan kelak akan dapat memenuhi keperluan TUDM, TLDM sebagai end user. Pihak Naval Group juga telah memutuskan akan menghantar pasukan teknikanya untuk melakukan audit terhadap detail desain tersebut pada bulan ini. Menyentuhi mengenai pembinaan kapal LCS, ialah ia adalah mengikut konsep zon. Baki 6% yang masih belum disiapkan oleh BNS adalah hanya untuk melibatkan detail desain yang non-critical zone, iaitu zon kap, kapal atas permukaan air. Manakala bagi critical zone, detail desain yang telah siap adalah antara 98 hingga 100% Itu hampir dah siap Ketika zon ni adalah merupakan zon kapal di bawah permukaan air ya, Kalau non kritikal zon kapal atas permukaan air Kritikal zon merupakan zon kapal di, di bawah permukaan air So he also addressed the parts that were incomplete involving non-critical zones or parts that were above water and said that the Naval Group has also decided to send its technical team to conduct an audit on the detailed design next month. He went on to address the government's promise to complete the LCS ships within two years and said it's a realistic goal. Tentang persoalan jaminan kerajaan untuk menyiapkan LCS dalam tempoh dua tahun, saya ingin saya mengulangi Uh, penegasan yang, yang, yang dibuat sendiri oleh yang berhormat Datuk Seri Syamudin Tun Hussein, Menteri Kanan Pertahanan sewaktu sesi perbahasan usul khas mengenai isu LCS di Dewan Negara baru-baru ini Kementerian optimis dalam tempoh waktu selama 2 tahun LCS 1 ini akan siap perbinaannya tempoh ini realistik, realistik menandakan fasa mobilisasi selesai pada Disember tahun ini semua pihak terlibat mempunyai 14 bulan untuk memastikan kapal siap pembinaan dan berada di permukaan air untuk memastikan kapal siap pembinaan ya, sebelum menjalani trial seperti harbour acceptance test dan sea acceptance trial garis masa ini mesti dipatuhi semula oleh semua pemegang taruh atau stakeholder khususnya Boston Naval Shipyard selaku kontraktor yang telah dilantik That was Deputy Defence Minister Datuk Sri Iqmal Hisham Abdul Aziz. Um, you know, the LCS project is one that I think we're going to continue to closely follow. It's one that, like I said earlier, got a lot of attention. What else do you think is needed in terms of transparency when it comes to this project? Call us 7733-2900, WhatsApp or voice note 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, 
moving on, during the debate session, Sepang MP Hanipa Maidin asked whether Pekan MP, Datuk Sri Najib Razak, should still be allowed to attend the meeting as he was still an MP. Speaker Tan Sri Azhar Azizan Harun said that Najib was still allowed to attend parliament sittings, but it's up to the prison department to give him permission to participate in the parliamentary session. Sebenarnya, tiap-tiap ahli parlimen berhak datang ke parlimen dan masuk ke Dewan Rakyat. Ya, itu secara amnya ya. Uh, ianya tak memerlukan kebenaran saya pun. Ya, seperti yang Bermak datang hari ini, nak masuk Dewan Rakyat, tak perlu kebenaran saya pun. Tapi dia di banduan. Ya, se- sebab, tolonglah. Uh, belum habis, belum habis. Itu itu secara am, secara am ya. So, that's general. So, uh, mengenai uh, kehadiran yang Bermak pekan, uh, ianya bukan di bawah kuasa saya langsung. Saya tidak mempunyai kuasa untuk membenarkan beliau datang atau tidak datang. Kalau dia hadir, maka dia tidak perlu mem- meminta kebenaran saya untuk masuk ke Dewan. Tetapi persoalan sekarang ialah adakah beliau boleh hadir. Itu bukan di bawah bidang kuasa saya kerana uh, di dalam bahasa Inggeris, maaf, he is not in my custody. Who has his custody? So penjara ada custody beliau maka terpulanglah kepada pihak penjara untuk melepaskan beliau daripada penjagaan atau custody tersebut. Ya? Jadi itu bukan kuasa saya. Shah Alam MP Khalid Abdul Samad then interjected to ask why Najib didn't have his MP status voided when he was convicted, a point being made that Article 48 of the Federal Constitution states that a person can be disqualified as an MP if they are convicted and sentenced to more than a year in jail. The Speaker then explained that if a petition for a pardon is filed within 14 days of conviction and sentence, the disqualification would only be in effect after the petition had been disposed of. He emphasised that this is a matter of the law being, and I quote, as it is, not as it should be. The law is as it is, not as it should be or as it ought to be. We can go on fighting and then all the cows come home as what to the law as it ought to be. But the most important thing is how it is. So how it is, izinkan saya baca. Yang Muhammad, bahasa Inggeris lah, saya ada bahasa Inggeris. Bukan sudah sedia, saya memang dah hafal benda ni. Dia kata, um, if within the period of 14 days, specified in paragraph A, meaning uh, if within the period of conviction, lah, an appeal or any other court proceeding is brought in respect of such conviction, the disqualification shall take effect upon the expiry of 14 days from the date on which such appeal or other court proceeding is disposed of. Khalid Samad then said a motion should be filed to amend the law, to which the Speaker said he's free to do so. Um, so I guess this might, in fact, be the big question of today. Do you think that Bukan MP Najib Raza should be allowed to attend Parliament sessions? Uh, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, or send a WhatsApp there and tweet at BFM Radio. Now, also an update from today's session: the Dewan Rakyat has passed the anti-stalking bill in a voice vote after its third reading. The bill seeks to amend the penal code to make stalking, whether virtual or otherwise an offence, punishable by imprisonment for up to three years, a 
fine or both if convicted. And that is it for today's Popit Popit Parliament. Some of the topics we covered included uh, Dajudin's suspension from UMNO, the status of our highway projects, issues with Sukha, uh, the progress of the LCS project and the government's guarantee that it will be done in two years, as well as uh, Najib's attendance in Parliament and his status as Pekan MP. Again, if you'd like to weigh in on any or all of those topics, call 7733-2900, voice note 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.